0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of GoTeach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, when you and I first met, we were young teens. I remember when you were 18, your father went blind. He was about 49 and, as I remember, that created a lot of challenges in your family. What can you share that will help men today who are dealing with a loss in their life? Pablo,
1: let me tell our listeners a little background about my father, Harold James Cunningham. In 1912, he was the third born of four sons. When the Second World War started in 1939, each of my father's three brothers received an exemption from military service for a variety of reasons. For a while, his life went on as normal. He courted and then married Marie Mills on January 1, 1940. He was 28, she was 26. But then he was conscripted into the Canadian Second Army in 1941 and shipped overseas to England in the summer of 1942. Surprise! I was born in the spring of 1943. My mother moved in with her parents while my father was overseas. The Canadian Second Army landed in Normandy in July 1944, a few weeks after the initial D-Day assault began. The Second was assigned to move north along the coast through France, Belgium and Holland to open the harbor so supplies could get to the advancing Canadian First Army. The war ended in May 9, 1945. The Canadian Second stayed in Europe for another year as part of the liberation, returning home in 1946. And to no one's surprise, my sister was born in the spring of
0: 1947. How did your family adjust to life after the war ended?
1: There were stresses, for sure. My father arrived home with no job, no place to live, and no car for transportation. He was rehired by Cochrane Dunlop Wholesale Hardware in Toronto as a cost accountant. He had a responsible job to maintain accurate financial records, follow legal regulations, and oversee annual inventories. My father loved working with numbers. Without exaggeration, he could add four-digit numbers in his head almost as fast as I could give them to him. And with accuracy. Post-war life was a productive time for my father. He saved his money, and we moved into our own first home eight
0: years later in 1954. I remember that you moved with your folks into your new house just one week before Hurricane Hazel struck Toronto in October 1954. Yes, and two months later,
1: you and I met at church where your father was our pastor, and my dad served as an elder. Wow, that's a walk down memory lane, pal. (laughs) Let me fast forward, though, to the biggest life-changing day for my father. He went to work, sat down at his desk, and both eyes began to go blurry, like looking through what he called frosted glass windows. He could see light and shapes, but could not see to write, read numbers, or drive his new car. Almost every person he then met seemed to have advice for what they thought was the reason for his blindness and what they thought he should do about it. You should contact Veteran Affairs, Harold. It must be related to a trauma from the war. You should contact the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, New York, Harold. They could figure out what to do. You should examine your life, Harold. You must have some unconfessed sin and God is punishing you. You should do this. You should do that. You should. My father got so angry with everyone shooting on him, he stopped going out of the house stopped going to church, and our home became like a spiritual war zone. Anger, confusion, and darkness.
0: But as I recall the story, Jim, your father was able to pull out of his emotional darkness and accept his new life as a legally blind person with less than 10% sight.
1: It was a difficult
0: time in our home
1: for those years. My mother tried to be the stabilizer, but that stress likely accelerated her getting rheumatoid arthritis. To put it bluntly, I became a rebellious little brat. I even went to work two shifts every weekend so that I would no longer have to go to church or be around the house. I became every bit as angry as my father. Then a miracle happened in 1964. My mother's prayers and the prayers of many others were answered. My father was still blind, but he returned to his faith in Jesus Christ. And in that same year, I recommitted my life to Jesus Christ. Blindness is a powerful emotional disability. My father remained legally blind from age 49 till he died at 92. But from the day he went blind forward, no matter what difficulty happened in my life, a car accident, terminated at a job, his response was always the same. Sorry to hear about that, Jim, but you still have your eyes. It'll be okay.
0: Some think of blindness as one's sight being completely dark. Some include those who can distinguish light from dark. And we just mentioned a phrase called legally blind. What does that mean? If you're
1: legally blind, your vision is 2200 or less in your better eye, and your field of vision is less than 20 degrees. That means if an object is 200 feet away, you must stand 20 feet away from it to see it clearly. A person with normal vision can stand 200 feet away and see that object perfectly. My father had less than 2200 vision in both eyes. Ironically, from a totally unrelated, uncorrectable cause, I have 2200 vision in my right eye. So I'm partially able to understand my father's visual acuity if I close my left eye. Every friend who has ever played golf with me or tennis or badminton knows that I have some limited three-dimensional vision.
0: This is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham, a listener-funded ministry to help men become transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. You can contact us by email at menaliveuntogod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also, check out our website, goteachglobal.com, for more information on how to support men alive. Jim, we've been talking about blindness today. During the time the Bible was written, blindness was a common problem. What insights can we give our listeners? (laughs) No pun intended.
1: The all-time worst blindness is spiritual blindness. Think of it this way, men. When you were born physically, in most cases, your eyes worked. You could see, you could learn, you could then walk, read, study, and do what you needed to do. But spiritually, from God's perspective, we were born blind. Second Corinthians 3.14 says our minds were hardened and our understanding was covered with a veil. We were groping around in spiritual darkness, unable to find the way, the truth, or the life. Like my friend Bill Russell said at his baptism, Quote, before I accepted Christ, I felt like a blind man in a dark room on a dark night looking for a light switch. But when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord, who died and rose for me so I could have eternal life with Him, it was like the light came on. I could see spiritually. It was like walking in the
0: sunlight. Today we have many false teachers, false prophets, and cults that deny that Jesus Christ is God, our Lord and Savior. One cult even teaches that Jesus and Satan were brothers in heaven. How blind is that?
1: Jesus spoke a parable to them in Luke six thirty nine and said, Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall in a ditch? Jesus came to save us from our spiritual blindness. As the Son of God, he gave blind men their sight. He made lame men walk. He healed lepers. He made the deaf hear, and he raised the dead. Yet his enemies remained blind to who he was and eventually had him crucified for claiming to be the I Am, Emmanuel, God in the flesh. In John 9, 2, Jesus' disciples saw a man born blind and asked Jesus, Rabbi, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Jesus answered, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. This was to fulfill Isaiah 42.7, where Isaiah says the Messiah will come, quote, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who dwell in the darkness
0: from the prison. And Isaiah 42.16 expands that thought where God says, reading from the NLT, I will lead blind Israel down a new path guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them.
1: Pablo, I love reading the various ways Jesus healed people of blindness. It did it almost a different way every time. So they worshipped the God in heaven who gave him the power to heal the blind, rather than worshipping the way he healed as though that was the only way to do it. For example, one time he just spoke, and a man was healed of blindness. One time he said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, and the man was healed of his blindness. One time he spit on the ground, made a little mud paddy, placed it on the blind man's eyelids, and the man could see. One time he touched the man's eyes and the man was healed. God is never limited to only one way to heal us of spiritual blindness. Where you gain your spiritual eyesight or how you gain it is not important. The importance is that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That is number one. Perhaps you're listening today and like Paul and me, you have family members, friends and neighbors who are currently alive physically but blind spiritually. Perhaps they belong to a cult. Perhaps they have rebelled against earlier Bible teachings. They have become, as Ephesians four eighteen says, darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. A great verse to end with is Matthew 9 28. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked him, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they said, we do, and he healed them. Paul and I both decided as young men to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Over the years, we have had to endure many skeptical comments from relatives and friends. One of my relatives said to me, I once heard a preacher say that Jesus shed his blood for our salvation, that you have to have your sins washed in his blood. And quickly she asked me, I don't believe that bloody Christianity stuff. You don't believe all that Jesus stuff, do you, Jimmy? Yes, I do. To me, the choice is simple. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he is my Lord. Like the blind man who was healed by Jesus when he was challenged by the religious leaders who claimed Jesus was a fraud and a sinner, his response in John 9.25 was, I don't know whether Jesus is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. Once I was blind, but now I can see.
0: I agree once I was blind, but now I can see. Thank you, Jesus. There you have it, men. If you've been born again and can see spiritually, keep examining the truths you see in Scripture to share with others. If it all feels like darkness around you, ask God to make you a new creature in Jesus Christ, transformed into His likeness. And Jesus Christ, the light of the world, will come into your heart and make you a new creature able to see clearly the way, the truth, and the life. Let us know what you decided at God at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.